0: Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch No, this is parenting with a punch Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch No, this is parenting with a punch Class is in session, please be seated Behaviors that get attention get repeated Avoid the power struggle cause it will get you heated Listen to Amanda cause she knows how to teach it Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch No This is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with a punch. Yeah, 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 oh.
2: And welcome to the Mindful Parenting Show. I am your host, Amanda Hool. I have an awesome guest here today, Dr. Nagrath. He is a PhD studies focused on math education and computer science. After he graduated, he spent some time as a software engineer with the educational services Giant Pearson before starting Elephant Learning, a math learning platform that promises to teach children a year of math in just three months. He started this platform specifically to remedy concerning trends and math proficiency statistics. The platform has seen great success, and he has children of his own. Let's give him a warm welcome. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi. Thank you for having me.
2: Absolutely. So tell us, you are the founder of Elephant Learning, which um, is an excellent platform. Tell us about the
0: platform.
3: Sure. Um, Yeah, it's a math academy for children ages 2 through 16. Um, On average, children in our system learn a year and a half of math over the course of 10 weeks when they use our system just 30 minutes per week. That's 10 minutes per day, three days per week. Um, The curriculum is delivered as a gamification of a proven uh, method of teaching mathematics. Uh, We took all of our activities from uh, early age education research, and, um, basically we then combined it with, uh, advanced algorithms that quickly are able to determine what children understand and don't understand and feed activities right at their level. Uh, so because of that, we're able to guarantee, uh, that if a student uses our system just 30 minutes per week, they will learn at least a year of math in three months.
2: That's amazing. Now this is solely online, correct?
3: Yeah, it's delivered online through Chrome or Safari and, okay. uh, we also do have apps for your, your phones and your tablets.
2: Very cool. Very cool. So, how did you? How did you sort of your background? Of course, is in math education and computer science. Um, what kind of brought you to developing this program?
3: Yeah, I was uh, I was working on a. I, I had a contract software engineering firm prior to this, so uh, we've been in business for a little while now. We, I, I had been to some talks where they were, they were talking about triple bottom line companies. So these are companies that um, have a measurable environmental impact and a measurable societal impact, um, as well as a measurable bottom line. And I just thought this was a, a really cool idea that I wanted to try to bring back because what they're actually doing is they're, is they're making the core mission to, to do something just good for, for the world in some sort of way and measuring it and then the game was tied so that as they did that they end up making money at the same time so it becomes something that's self-sustaining um but not like not exactly like a nonprofit, right but kind mm-hmm. of self-sustaining in the fact that it's able to continue doing good without any government or, or or help from other people
2: oh wow that that's incredible i and especially very much needed um in the world today, you know, in light of everything going on, but especially I think, and I know for me as a child was extremely overwhelming. Um, it definitely wasn't my most favorite subject because I think I, I had a hard time with it. So I think having this platform is really important and it. And it seems that you guys do a great job in really, really helping uh, parents kind of help their children navigate and, and feeling kind of like that less stress and having this, this online platform, would you agree?
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the main goals was to, was to make sure that the parent felt empowered as well. Mm-hmm. So we to empower children with mathematics and the way we do that right now is we empower parents with a, with a tool that allows their children to be empowered and uh, just the gamification of the games, if you will, so the games they play to, to learn the math. Uh-huh. Um, we have the reports, which uh, let the parent know exactly how we plan to teach each subject um, and outside of the system in order to continue the results. So, like, for example, if your child is working on numbers, we might say play board games. Or if your child is working on uh, fractions, we might say uh, something like cooking, right? Mm. So like we're, we're helping guide the parent to where these uh, ideas are playing in real life, so that uh, not only are they meaningful in the game, but they're meaningful in real life, and 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 the student has a lot of hands-on practice in and out of our system.
2: That oh, wow, that really is brilliant because it's true, especially with with math, to be able to apply that in in the real world and kind of you know more applicable situations, especially like in the home. I can see how that could really take off a lot of pressure um, with both the children and the parents, right?
3: Yeah, and it makes it so that like you're spending time together, and it's a social thing, and it doesn't become about like you know, are you getting it right or are you getting it wrong? And on top of that, there there are actual consequences to uh, you know being inaccurate.
2: Right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love that. So how do you, now, is it, so you said from 2 to 16?
3: Yeah, we cover from counting through algebra. Okay. Uh, for older ages, because uh, most children that struggle in uh, the high school um, situation typically have some sort of misconception that originated at algebra or earlier. Right. Um, and that's 75% of the students according to the last NAEP results. Mm. So, I mean, basically, we could write until age 21 or 22 because we address the most common misconceptions that we see even at the university level when we're uh, working with calculus students. You know, it's not a big deal, right? It's just if they could figure out this language, then they can have the conversations at the the level that they're at. And that's empowering, right? Because that's when it becomes interesting and it's not hard and they're understanding the conversation. So that's really the goal. And we're hoping uh, to expand subjects to try to cover into calculus and statistics so that we can completely remediate a, uh, a student to right to where they need to be. Um, mm-hmm. But right now it's just through algebra.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I was just curious. I was going to ask. The older years, uh, you're focusing on algebra, correct?
3: That's the main thing. Okay. Know, that,
2: which is the basis, I mean, that, I mean, aside from geometry, right, that w- where what you're learning in school and kind of gives you the, the baseline?
3: The way I would look at it is you actually take four years of algebra. Okay. And it's not really, I mean, it's not wrong, it's not right, it's just the, right. Way, the way the system is. You take algebra one, you take algebra two, then after that you take geometry, which is just algebra with shapes, and then you take trigonometry, which is just, algebra with cyclical functions mm-hmm. and, and each one of those kind of explores a different faucet of algebra uh, i think and and that's all right right for us what we like to do is we like to find out what are those essential concepts that if you understand then the other stuff makes sense right so that's kind of our philosophy okay and what i'd say is that uh like, for example, I have a kid coming to my office when I'm doing office hours on calculus, either business calc or, or or calculus, and maybe they don't understand why we're subtracting the same number from both sides, right? Mm-hmm. And it means that they have a, a fundamental misunderstanding of what the equal sign means. And it's not wrong, it's not right, it's just they don't understand what's written there. And because of that, it's causing this confusion in their head. And if they did understand it they they wouldn't be saying well why are you subtracting five from both sides right
2: mm-hmm.
3: it's the fact that the quantities on both sides of the equal sign have to remain equal and if you subtract five from one side well the other side can't can't be equal anymore right mm-hmm. so if we instead we could get them to understand that well then the majority of the problems go away I think the problem tends to be that. When we look at this situation, um, it feels like, oh, algebra was six years ago. You should know this.
2: Mm. I think that's beautiful. I, I, to be able to, you know, as an educator myself, uh, to teach kids in that way, I think is so vital to their learning. Because not only do uh, you know, all children learn differently, but to be able to explain it in that way, again, not have it be... Such a, you know, difficult thing in and in feeling disempowered and in, in learning math. Because I feel like is is math still one of the subjects that is uh, where students have the most difficulty?
3: Yeah, I mean, like I said, seventy five percent of high school students are not proficient at high school math. It starts with kindergarten. Honestly, four to five students are entering unprepared for the kindergarten. Mm meaning that they don't have the basic foundation on the language of numbers that the kindergarten needs to continue. So to right. be honest, right, at these ages, it's hard to determine understanding, right? And especially when you get to addition and now, like, for example, you ask a child, what's five plus four? Mm-hmm. If they answer nine right away, you know, honestly, before I started this project, that's, mm-hmm. that would have been a thumbs up from me, right? But now right. It's like, well, hold on a second. Yeah, give me five things. Give me four more things. How many things do I have? Are they able to use addition to solve that problem? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's really the important thing here, right? Because like, if you think about it, if you don't have that language and you're memorizing just to memorize, then you see a lot of the problems that we see, which is like children are asking, well, when am I ever going to use this? And it looks like they're never going to use it because they don't see the opportunities in real life to use it because they don't know how to apply the concept that they're learning, again, circular, because they don't understand it, right? So- Um, and if you really think about it, right, if you like, no one fails kindergarten, no one's going to fail first grade. Of Um, course, yes. Now it depends on what district you're in and when they actually want to raise the red flag. But Mm. we hear stories from parents where children get passed all the way along to sixth grade, seventh grade, they're in algebra, they have the understanding, um, and the, and the parents know it, they have the understanding of a second grader, right? Maybe even the tests show it. Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't know how to catch him up. And it feels like a daunting task. But again, right, it goes back to just the way human beings have decided to teach math. And I mean, for lack of a better strategy, but the strategy is let's just repeat the same thing over and over and over again. Let's just add until the student knows what addition is. Right. It's kind of crazy because it's like banging someone with a hammer until like, I mean, it doesn't make sense. (laughs)
2: No, I, I agree. And I, I learned, basically had rote learning when I was growing up. And I'm in my late 30s. So, you know, granted, they are teaching things differently today. But having having this way of learning, I think, is so crucial.
3: Yeah. No, I totally hear you. And, and then, I mean, and then it's about parental involvement, right? Because the right. Big now is that Common Core alienates so many parents. Yes. That... And, and every educational researcher will, will agree with this statement, which is that once the parent is not involved, like the outcomes are much, much worse, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And the way they typically say is when the parent is involved, the outcomes are much, much better.
2: Yes. I mean,
3: this is kind of the reason why uh, why we're so successful is because uh, when when someone is bought into our system, they want to achieve the result, but what they find is that we've cut out all that extra stuff. So, for example... In teaching addition, we try to get you the essence of addition so that you understand what addition is and how to use it to solve problems. And then, right, you'd be able to add with money. You'd be able to add on a clock. You'd be able to write all of the different Mm – they try to – right, they spend an entire year doing it. Well, really, we can boil this down to a week or two.
2: Right. (laughs) Wow. that's So can you just through – um, both for both for like the early years and the high school years, how like what what a program would look like, like if a, if yeah. a family was to sign up?
3: Yeah, exactly. So w- when you sign up, you'll come into the system, you'll see the dashboard, that's where the reports are. We're calculating everything live. So as your students are answering the questions, we we're we're basically telling you what their level is live.
0: Hmm. We
3: start out in an assessment mode. It's important that we start out behind your student. We call it training games so that they don't feel like they're being tested. But the basic idea is, is if we can start behind them, we can start to build back some confidence if they're behind
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: because they're answering questions, right? And right. it's a lot less frustrating than us having to find their level by having them fail backwards, right? So um, we allow the parents to change that, but we, based on the averages, we, we kind of set it about two years back from where they're reporting their student to be or what their age says their student should be. And if your student is further ahead or further behind, you can always set it to where you want it to be so that they can get out of it quickly as well. Um, but then the idea is, is they they will stay in the placement exam until we found their level. We will test them out of subjects, uh, basically by testing mastery of the ideas that we presented in that subject. And um, if they answer anything incorrectly, and they get two or three ch- uh, chances on these things. Um, if they answer anything incorrectly, then we assign that subject and we start tuning to them and we, and we keep up with them. Otherwise, we, we keep going until we found their level. So, you know, when they come out of that assessment, basically what they understand and what they don't.
2: Okay. Okay. And I'm assuming that that's, that's the, the entire program, correct? For any age. That's basically
3: it. Yeah. yeah. So they okay. Okay. They they play the games, they'll, they'll see a list of games, the child will choose one. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter which one they choose because all of the characters are designed to play all of the activities. So the idea really is that we're going to try to give them the right activity at the right time. We're not going to let them try to choose it and they're going to choose behind their level or choose ahead of their level. We're always managing their level. They're managing the characters they're playing with.
2: Gotcha. Okay. So is it kind of basically like lesson plans where, you know, there's – there, there's a beginning and end where, like, they are, they're completing something. Like in, in when they log on, or I mean, I know you said it was a certain I mean, time best frame. Way to
3: think about it is to think about Angry Birds, but for okay, but for so they come in, they choose the character, a puzzle will show up. Right? Give me mm-hmm. five things. Give me four more things. How many yep. things do I have now? The students may be allowed to count, right? And then we slowly increase the difficulty. We show it from different angles. We open up more subjects, you know, and it just keeps going. So like, uh, for example, oh, another way to look at the same problem from a different angle is I, I have 10 ships, if I had three more ships, how many would I have? And so like, now the, the student has to imagine three more, right? So like, it just keeps kind of increasing in difficulty from like, how do we present the problem and angles, right? So like for another, uh, in another example, the like we might have a line and the ship might be at 10, right? And we say, well, if the ship moved three more spaces down, where would it be? Right. So then you're you're imagining addition on the line as well. Mm-hmm. Basically we we cover everything all the way up to fractions to where you might be we might have an area and we might divide up the area into into some pieces that are not straightforward. And you'd have to figure out maybe what's the common denominator. But you know, we haven't told you that. It's just that the student is doing it. So now, when they see the common denominator in class, they completely get why it's there.
2: Very cool. That's awesome. Do you sort of um, like? I guess I don't. Would I use the word graduate? But do they go? Like, how do they finish the the um, the program? That's or like, good. what constitutes them? Like graduating to the next level, I guess, if you will.
3: (laughs) Sure. So what we do is we, and and this was, this was probably one of the core problems that I had to solve Mm -hmm. was like, how do I express to people in a very concise and understandable way, like how their student is doing, right? Because things can be quite confusing here, right? Like, for example, Mm -hmm. it could be that a child has a very strong grasp of, um, addition and subtraction. And, um, at the same time, maybe has troubles with numbers that are bigger than hundred for whatever reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And both things can be true at the same time. So on one side, right? Like they they might be working on third grade stuff. They might've already uh, graduated to multiplication, but on the other side they might still be kind of stuck with first grade, second grade stuff where they might be dealing with the, the three digit numbers or four digit numbers. It was we we assigned every milestone within our system an age, which would be the average age that a student, average age uh, that a student outside of our system would be doing the same math as your child. Meaning, if we took that milestone and we looked at the corresponding curriculum in the school, right? And we we figured out well, what's the average age of the student at that point in time?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And we, what we do then is as you're passing the milestones, we average those ages together to give you an elephant age, which is your math age, which is the then estimated age that, you know, a student outside of the system is doing the same math as your child, which then gives you basically very strong progress. Because if your child is six years old and they got an elephant age of five, you know exactly how they're doing. You can see it increase live. So as the students are passing milestones, that number is going up. And basically, they, they will pass milestones. They'll close subjects. They'll open new subjects. To divide everything out right it's not just one one huge idea right but right like addition and subtraction to 10 addition subtraction to 20 right estimating numbers on the line to 100 estimating numbers on the line to a thousand those kinds of things right so it builds up and they can keep going so it's not uncommon for us to have four or five-year-olds doing stuff as advanced as multiplication division and fractions we, we see it over and over and over again and they don't have math anxiety to hold them back. They don't even know that this is three or four years ahead. They're just playing.
2: Oh, cool. That is great. I really think that's such an amazing piece of it. Now, suggest to them if they're thinking about it, like that their children or like what to look for. Like are their children, are their children having pro, like struggling with math or maybe is it in addition to kind of what they're already learning in school?
3: Well, I, I mean... I. I think the first thing that I should say is that we don't work on fluency. So we don't work on the speed. Right. So if you right. want your to, like, if you want them to be like, Hey, what's FIFOS plus four? And they're, they're the one that jumps up first in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of programs out there for that. And we do see the usefulness in that. It's just, there's no point in us replicating that when there's so much already out there right. um, in our, in our stuff, we do recommend some things and we do say things like, um, Hey, Hey, uh, to increase fluency, uh, you could be playing games like twenty-one blackjack, right? Because now they have to add to play, or even using your flashcards and playing war with them. High number wins, right? So you can turn it into card games, which will make it a little bit more fun, which builds. We focus on is the concepts and the way you can tell if your student's having issues with concepts. The first way is if they, if you just get a feeling that they don't get it. We got a lot of parents that message us that say that it just doesn't feel like they learn the basic math facts. Got it. And and they're trying to pile stuff on another way. If you're not getting that feeling is so that the students can pass the test because at the end of the day, right their, their pay raises are still determined by the math tests. Right. Yep. But really when the student doesn't understand the word problem, it really means that they didn't understand the concept. Right. So like the good example of this is in our system, um, We test the proficiency of multiplication by closing the curtains. So you might have a student, um, and so the problem looks like this. We say, um, we have rows of seven, um, and then we have a guideline at the number of rows at five. So if we have seven rows of seven, right, you're quickly able to see it because there's two rows beyond the guideline. Um, And We'll first give these problems without curtains, right? But then mm-hmm. we'll close curtains. We'll give them like four seconds to look at it so they can process. They can say, okay, there's seven rows. There's seven each row. Seven times seven is 49. There's 49 items, right? Mm-hmm. If the student is counting at that point in time, well, then it's worthwhile for them to go through our multiplication curriculum so we can build them up to that point. Right. That's especially true if they've memorized the multiplication tables However, this is where the the power of the parent is really big, right? Because if you know that, you can connect it for them instantly by giving them a hint. Like, well, how many rows were there? Seven. Okay, so you got that it's seven. So what's seven times seven, right? And now if they connect that, they say, oh, I get it, right? That's what multiplication means. It happens that fast. Now they're going to be able to solve the word problem. They're going to be able to see that, oh, wait a second, this is kind of like that seven rows of seven. I mean, we do it in di- different ways so the seven groups of seven, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So They'll be able to see that in the word problems. They'll be able to answer that. And that's what we work on, right? And I honestly think that's the most important thing because here's the thing is if, if you don't know when to apply multiplication and you're memorizing your multiplication tables, in my opinion, that's kind of like torture. Right? <laughs> I agree, yep. I have, no, I have no reason to memorize this. And like, I don't understand what's happening in class and it'd be like if you or I went to a third year biochem course they'd have three years of jargon that we just didn't learn Mm -hmm. and you'd be listening to the professor they'd sound like they're speaking English but it wouldn't be making a lot of sense to us and the difference is is you or I can get up and walk out of that biochem course but you can't get up and walk out of third grade right
2: now that that is that's true and it it, I this is honestly I think it's brilliant I, I think this is an incredible program and where can where can we find you online?
3: Sure. Just go to elephantlearning com. Okay. Uh, if you get started there, then we'll start emailing you. Main place. If you look on Facebook, we're at Elephant Learning App. There's a lot okay. of stuff on Facebook. Facebook and our website, you should be able to get a hold of us and figure out where to go from there. So we're happy to help however we can.
2: Awesome. Very cool. My parents is um is really asking them powering to kinda of take a step back and, and really sort of pay attention and, and be empowered with their children, right? So they're able to kind of work together and helping their kids overcome, you know, whether or not they have math anxiety or not, but just kind of getting them to a place where they feel more confident. comes to your own parenting, um, what would you say um, that you sort of practice regularly when it comes to sort of just being more present and kind of mindful and conscious with your own children?
3: Well, where I focus with my son is on on, on the same ideas. So like it, with everything, honestly, it kind of breaks down to three levels of understanding. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're talking about like colors or you're talking about math or you're talking about the letters or words, right? There's like three levels of, of being able to work with it. The first is is whether... Like the definition, right? So, like mm-hmm. they understand with what one is, what one, what two is, and like m- many times they might not, right? Right. And, and then the question is, how do you recognize that? So then, the the next level is recognition. So, like we might ask, how many how many fingers do I have? up? How many things do I have here? What color is this? I can see that he's recognizing it at least. And mm-hmm. then the third is mastery. The third is when they when they can produce it when he when he comes up to me and he says. I have a, I have a red car or something like that. Right. It's happening on different levels for different things. Mm-hmm. Right. It's moving. It's just moving in different ways. And, and then just, you know, like I mean, where I'm mindful is like, can I determine that he does understand? Right. Mm. Because I think that the, the hard part here is that we need them to listen to us. Right. You got to make this transition from, you know, like, we don't know if they understand and they're just doing things to no, they definitely understand. And now, now it's kind of a problem that they're doing things. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, um, but just being mindful of that because, um, I, I just don't want to be in a situation where he doesn't understand. And
2: Right. So really know. just making sure that you're paying attention yeah basically (laughs) which which i think we i think we can agree that sometimes for parents that can be really difficult
3: (laughs) i could be overthinking it yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i think that's just the nature of the beast especially in in today's world with parenting i think we're just kind of over saturated with just everything and social media and just you know everything that we have going on so it's, it's normal to, to feel that way. So paying attention is definitely, definitely a big piece. I'm really, really excited to bring this information to the audience. Um, and uh, I really hope that they see the benefit, especially with a lot of families being stuck in the house these days. So hopefully they'll us online learning and, and, and run with it and kind of have fun and try something different.
3: I think I, I think that'd be absolutely wonderful if if <laughs> if the turnaround from this is that we can we can close the math gaps. Right.
2: No, I agree. And I think it it's definitely uh one of the subjects where it needs to be closed because it's it's definitely one that people have trouble with and uh it's not always the most the fun, you know, to kind of figure out how to how to learn it. So this is this is great. We, Look forward to hopefully maybe collaborating in the future. So thank you so much for being on the show today.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me here. I'm I'm really happy for the opportunity to get to speak to people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mindful Parenting show. As always, keep asking for more, especially during this really chaotic time. I am wishing you all the love and the light. And please stay tuned for my...